Hey everybody and all, welcome back to another exciting episode of Indie Film Cafe. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got my awesome co-host here. How are you doing, Paul? Pretty good. Your old pal, the Moo Cow, a.k.a. Paul A. Persenza. All right, yep. And we've got a special guest who we've had three times before. This is her fourth <laughs> time this season. Jeez, you know, but I think it's been like a competition between me and Paul to see which ones she liked the most. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yes. uh, please welcome Tina Kraus. How are you doing, Tina? What's up? Yay. <laughs> Yay we're so happy. We were- I, I was fully expecting to see a stuffed raccoon in the background uh, after the last movie. Don't worry. Next time I will. Right? I'll, I'll wear a raccoon <laughs> fucking hat. I really will. I, I, I'm going to fucking do it for you, man. Because nice. you put me through the shit. she uh yeah so we the last movie that we had done was blood marsh crackoon with paul and tina god uh, and and, uh, new york movie oh my lord fucking hell man i can't no we're not gonna talk about this (laughs) and then so i thought well we got to do another you know new york type movie you know with her and you know, I, I tried to figure out what would be fun for everybody and sort of, well, at least me and Tina thought it was more fun than Paul did, but we'll get into that. Paul in was a falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but uh, we, we pick, I picked Amongst Friends and uh, we'll get into why I picked it, you know, and all these other things hmm. because there is That's a curiosity. There's a big, there's a big. I know. Thing. There wasn't yeah. even a single rabid raccoon in this. I, I, I'm just very shocked. Are you upset? I was. Yeah, Paul, Paul. I thought that. so. Not one zombie raccoon. See, Paul wants Not the one. horror stuff, and I actually like the more drama slash, you know, action stuff that he doesn't really <laughs> get into. So, uh, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But after after we listen to some mood music, yeah, mood. I love your shirts. <laughs> and we're back. All right. Um, so I uh okay, so first of all, um I want to go around the room and talk. Uh Tina, it seemed like you enjoyed this movie a lot. Uh tell us what your first impression was. Okay, so um I I I did like it. I mean Yes, is it an early thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Sure, it is. I thought the acting was really good. Um, I I love the comment, like, not the commentary, the voiceover for the, as they're, you know, going through it, like, that perspective of it. I really thought it had, like, some moments that were really uh, kind of heart-wrenching, you know? Um, I'm very curious as to why you picked it out of all of this Oh, I know why you picked it. me last. <laughs> I know why. a little bit but there's actually more that i haven't even told paul yeah oh all right um by I, the way you guys you know, may hear my dog uh in the background my sister's dog she's visiting that's okay and, you might hear my phone yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you, you might, might hear my monkey 
<laughs> oh, your raccoon. What? Not your raccoon? What the fuck, dude? Not yet. <laughs> I'm working on the raccoon. Yeah, please. What, what does a raccoon sound sound like? I'm gonna kill I've, never, I've never been around one enough to <laughs> close enough to find out. He, trash panda. Oh, yeah. Maybe trash cans just fucking that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, but I really liked it. I really liked oh, no, it. Tina, continue. I actually liked it. I liked this, the way the story flowed. Um, it reminded me of where I live, actually, I, in an odd fucking way. Like, I live in Brooklyn, guys. So in case you don't know, what's up? You do? Really? <laughs> yeah. Jackass. <laughs> you you don't sound like you have an accent at all. What are you talking about? I don't? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to say that. I don't? How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? What is? I don't? Where's my egg cream at, damn it? How do you say water? <laughs> I like it. You're right. teaching me how to fuck New York. You know? Yeah, fucking New York. We, 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 so, we, anyway. need, we need you and Michael Rappaport on at the same time. Sure. <laughs> Not too far yeah, from the cat. So, <laughs> that is, I believe, Boston. The car, Massachusetts, yeah. bye, fight. Right, we don't say that. <laughs> That's funny. You know the difference. Considering you ever see the movie Jaws, he says that it was not too far from the car, mm -hmm. and then he goes, "She goes, you sound like you're from New York," and I'm like, "Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> you sound like you're from Boston or something. Far from the car, don't hmm. fight." <laughs> All right. So yeah, so so reminding you where you're from, which is main is a big reason why I picked it for you to be the guest on the show. <laughs> you did do Blood Marsh Raccoon, which was which I picked because I figured you would like it because it was from where you're from, right? You know. Oh my god, I wanted to kill these people. <laughs> <laughs> Although I mean, I knew I knew that it was like an indie, 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 indie movie. I don't know. mind that, but it was ridiculously fucking, tiniest, oh my god. <laughs> tiniest little budget compared to this one. I know. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that, because that's a big part of the story, <laughs> like, uh, the actual story of this movie, but, um, background of this movie, but, uh, yeah, so I picked that because I knew you, you you know, we would already watch that. We'd, well, in the first movie we watched was Cemetery, um, Cemetery Girls. Yes. Cemetery Girls. Which, cemetery High or something like that. Cemetery High. Yes. Right, cemetery High. And, you know, and I think that had a little bit of New York to it, too. So it seemed to be like a, a thing we were doing. You know, the only one. That, yeah, whenever you fucking do it, me, do it in New York. <laughs> like, we want to show as many New York movies to Tita as possible. You know. Um, But, uh, so yeah, so I picked this and, uh, yeah. Wait till I show you an Andy Milligan movie. Oh, God. That's right. Jesus, here we go. Yeah. I'm and, like, I'm so scared. You two are so opposite. It's not yeah. even funny. Oh, trust me, we are for sure. I mean, there's there's a little bit of like medium between us sometimes. <laughs> uh, we like we like things that I know you're not a huge fan of too. Or know? yeah, I know, I know that. <laughs> or Eek Maggot Bingo. That's Nick Zed. Oh Lord, mm -hmm. he's already New York City. We already did that though. 
But I know. I know. barely see New we, York we, City. You got to get Reverend Jen on the show, please. We barely see New York. Most of the time, it takes place inside that like like that room with the. With I'm going to suggest phone. a movie for you guys one day. Yes, <laughs> that would be awesome. And it's not but... going to be in the United States. <laughs> when, 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 when you when you come next time you come to work with us, please bring your movie suggestion and we will watch it all together. Oh yeah, yeah. I am. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, so Paul, what was your thoughts? So you know, Here we go. I, I didn't like it as much as you guys did. It's not a bad movie. It, it definitely has some stuff in it that was decent. Um, it's just that it it didn't really it didn't really come at me as something I hadn't already seen before or heard of before. And um, some of the stuff just, you know, especially with some of the characters, they just, they didn't really sort of earn their place the way I looked at it. I, like I didn't buy Billy as this gangster guy. He didn't really do anything. He just seemed kind of dumb throughout the whole thing. And I don't understand where he was getting all of his power from and all of this shit. And, you know, I don't know. It just, um, I don't know. It it didn't. When I figured out who was the writer and who was the director, rather, that's when it hit me because it's like because I know you love that that one show, and Entourage. Entourage. And I I'm not a particular fan <laughs> of it, even though I watched the whole damn thing. You know, I it's I kind of felt the same way. You know what I mean? It just it just didn't really do much for me. Although I will say, given the fact that this was the guy's first film. Um, you know, the production levels were really good. You know, I don't know how he managed to scare up the money to do the movie, to do it as he did, but he did a really good job on that end. Some of the, some of the acting I thought was pretty good. Some of it was a little, was kind of strange and kind of over the top, like those Vic and Eddie. I mean, come on, give me a break. I love There's, those guys. Those are my favorite. There is no way in hell those two, those two bumbling idiots are going to do anything in New York City, like going up to these gangs and get money from them. They're going to get their asses kicked. Please. I love, they're my favorite characters. They had my favorite line of the whole movie. But all right, whatever. You know, um, again, I think it really is a movie that was made more for me than it was for you. And uh, and oh, that's, that's okay. <laughs> you know, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, all right. So I'll get into what what got me into it. So uh, as Paul knows, and I don't I'm not sure if you're well, I think, you know, a little bit, Tina, but I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Like I I love Kevin Smith. And uh, back in 93, uh he took clerks you know he made clerks in 93 94 went on to sundance and uh got clerks you know put out and everything we're both um, kevin smith fans by the way yeah and i think that was like a year after you know don't forget about me (laughs) amongst friends had come out you know and stuff so um so when i had you know i found out about amongst friends from uh finding out so much about clerks um when i started doing research on clerks because i loved it so much i bought a book uh called spike mike slackers and dykes it's uh a book by john uh john pearson who was uh a big contributor to uh to helping you know a lot of indie filmmakers get their start and one of the chapters is all on amongst friends you know, and so oh. I read all about it and I was like, I gotta, I gotta rent this movie from the video store. And I rented it and I was like, this is actually not a bad movie. 
but from what I understood, and I have spiked Mike Slackers and Dykes, unfortunately, it's at the studio, so I couldn't uh, couldn't bring it out or anything. But there was, like I said, there was a whole chapter on Amongst Friends, and a lot of it was about how kind of a disaster it sort of was, you know, um, going from the production of it and to also just the, you know, because the movie did not do very well once it got out there. It sort of right. you know, sort of disappeared and um and uh yeah I, the I, Chaz Palminteri movie came out right around that same time and it sort of like cornered the market on the tough New York uh kid you know right kind of movie. so can't think of the name of it I'm I'm not sure either but uh so anyway I found out a lot of information about it and I'm gonna give you guys sort of a uh some you know kind of some background on it so this was writer-director Rob Weiss's first film, um, shot in the fall of 91, released in 93 after its Sundance debut. So um, it, it didn't make Sundance in 92, so it took a year before it was able to get released um, uh, or or even you know, put out at all. Uh, budget of $900,000. Um, so here, and, and this is what I found out, this is through an interview. Uh, with Rob Weiss, it says, so here's the deal. Rob Weiss wants to make movie. He's got no money, no experience really, but the 24 year old's got a plan. His dad runs a gambling junket to Atlantic City, uh, donates some dough and goes to these players for the rest. You bet on the horses, you bet on the dogs, why don't you bet on the kid? Two weeks time, Weiss bangs out a script about love, loyalty, and bloodlust on his home turf the killer streets of Howlett, Hewlett Harbor. The um, protagonists are three boyhood pals who don't really uh, don't relate to their peers. Um, uh, all uh, all off to college and success in the city. Definitely don't relate to their parents, wealthy residents of Long Island's uh, fabled five towns, but do relate to their granddad's uh, rough and tough Jewish gangsters. Um Amongst Friends caused a Hollywood feeding frenzy when it was screened at Sundance, garnering Weiss at 26 a deal with TriStar, as well as a three-picture deal at Universal, complete with plush offices on the Universal City lot. Um, that must have never happened because he, from what I gather, he pretty much vanished until Entourage. Yeah. So I don't... And, and look... I'm not going to say, because I don't know the guy at all. I don't know Rob Weiss personally. So I can't, you know, <laughs> all I know is what people have said in different articles and everything. Somehow so. Moody has not introduced himself to a filmmaker. I find yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> like Rob Weiss, call me. Um, I would love, I do. I'm, I'm doing the show because I really need the word to get out about. I was fully <laughs> expecting him to say I had him on my, on my interview show <laughs> 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Right. Um, I I know he's a little bit of a tough, you know, New York guy, you know, kind of thing. But he also seemed to have a heart um, in the interview that I read. He was talking about how he met Mir Sorvino at the uh, um, at the the set of, or not set um, at the premiere of Good Goodfellas, which he somehow got himself into the the ticket of going to see the screening he was not a, he was a nobody then he hadn't made anything it was 90 right like he hadn't made anything till the next year 
So he was wanting to. So he got in there. He wanted to interview Martin Scorsese because what he wanted, and he did. He chatted with Martin Scorsese and he asked if Martin would help him get a group of people together that were like, you know, Long Island indie filmmakers and stuff and help get that going, you know, community. Really? That's nice. That's what he said. And he said that there were so many people. And he, he did that when he went out to L.A. He saw all these amazing indie filmmakers who were really trying to get their stuff out. And he helped, you know, he would help them out by introducing people who had money and he would do whatever he could to help these people out. And I think that's how he ended up getting Entourage was that he was. That makes sense. Yeah, he knew all these. He knew people like he was one of those people who would go up to people, start introducing himself and um, all this other stuff. So that makes sense. That makes a fucking shit ton of sense. And that's the thing. I mean, this is the kind of business where you can actually make a lot of way for yourself just by getting your name out there, introducing yourself. I mean, I would love to meet Martin Scorsese. He's like the greatest living director right now. I would I would just sit there and and just be like, you know, because I couldn't do that. But he obviously could just do that. And he, he made it work. And that's the difference. That is what a good producer does. A good producer yeah. knows how to bullshit. It sounds terrible, but like <laughs> what they have to do. Because you No, I completely agree. And so he's a fantastic producer. Um, he also did Ballers, the uh uh HBO show with The Rock in it or whatever. And uh Yeah, yeah I remember I liked it. I like Never it. Saw it. It feels like entourage with a football, you know, football entourage. Yeah the sports version of Entourage. And it's really fun. I enjoyed it. Um, but anyway, those guys, um, you know, he went on and he made this movie independently. He talked to Mira Sorvino. Uh, Mira was not, had not done anything at that time. And so he just asked her, she'd like to be like the casting associate. Or I think, I think first she was like a third AD. Then she moved her way up. And then eventually she got the lead role because she was the best actress to play uh Laura she 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 was in that teenage um soap opera Swan's Crossing with uh Sarah Michelle Geller she was on there for like 10 episodes I figured you probably lapped that up that was right around your time <laughs> me yeah you yeah. I, yes I you know Jonathan I, oh. <laughs> I I I've heard of it I think but I've never seen it um that that sounds like a soap opera so like a primetime soap opera type thing that's a teenage soap opera so it's all kind of like buffy without the vampires right right well nothing not nearly as well written from what i gather i've never seen it because it's not my kind of thing but saved by the bell i think is closer without the more like dawson's creek is more fair enough yes in that in that fucking theme all right (laughs) And yeah, so anyway, I yeah, I'd never heard of it, but that's interesting. And then she went on to do Mighty Aphrodite and tons of other Boom. became know. huge. Yeah, uh, Romy and Michelle, like everybody loves that uh series, that, that movie. Um, I think they're making a sequel or something out of it. So, um, Romy and Michelle, yeah, they're bringing them back. I, you know, I'm like, all right, why yeah. did your face go crazy, Paul? Romy and Michelle take Geritol, they're like 75 years old. <laughs> 
Hey, they're not that old. Jeez. No, it's like 50 or 60. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, in this business, you might as well be 9,000 as soon as you hit 40. Oh, right. As soon as you hit 40. I'm sorry. I forgot. It's changing. And all <laughs> um, because you, you're, you do know I still act, okay? I know. <laughs> oh, what is, you oh, were Tina Krause. You I'm were Tina, Tina Krause. motherfucking Krause. Right? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. From Brooklyn, yo. From Brooklyn, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, all so that. Why happened. weren't you in this movie? You should have been in this movie. I, didn't I know, know like you were. Right? Like, why didn't you? If, if I knew him, maybe I would have been. You know, if I knew him, I might have been a bigger director than all these guys. <laughs> yeah. You could have, you could have, like, you know, talked your way out of, you know. Right, it could have been you that went to on to, to, to Fuck my. That. It could have been you that went on to Mighty Aphrodite. Work with Woody it Allen. It might have been me that went over to fucking direct the next fucking crazy ass film. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> so anyway, um, to go back, so I, I, so yeah, so I had a little bit of a history with it, and I really liked it. Um, you know, when I was uh, I was younger, and then I was a little worried. Because it's been a while since I had seen it. I bought it on DVD. We had it in our haul video and stuff. And I've, I've been wanting to watch it. It's on Tubi. So I figured I'd watch it on Tubi too as well. And, uh, you know, give them some extra sense or whatever, you know, for watching the movie. But um, it's six cents. Yeah, six cents, five cents, whatever. Here's my, my one cent. Here you go. Terrible. <laughs> so terrible. I know. The streaming services kind of screw over. Um, everybody everybody but um yeah. and and that's what the writers guild is fighting about right now i know please don't remind me i'm out of work because of it oh shit that's right yeah that's right i work for the union yeah, yeah. you might as well take this time and come on down and visit us in virginia then well that's what i'm doing right now i'm like getting all my shit together and i'm doing all my runarounds because i'm just like Oh, I got the time. I don't think the shit's going to be settled until September, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm not even kidding because the actors, I think, are going on strike yeah, they're going next. pretty soon, too. Yeah, I heard that. I was like, oh, the actors are going to go on strike? Yeah, we ain't going back to work till September. Oh, I'm like, you better hope that they don't fucking... You know why part of the strike is, right? AI. Yep. That last, I think it was the last season of um, what was South Park? Mm -hmm. The last season of South Park, like the last episode or something like that, if I recall correctly. And don't quote me on this, all right? But was written by AI, and they, I think they were testing it or something like that, and well, uh, they found out. Yes, I was just gonna say, from what I've read, it's not so much the writing by ai that's a problem it's the voice because they're they're able to utilize ai in such a way that they sample parts of your voice and are able to say things with your voice that you never said and it's going to put all of the voice actors out of work pretty much all of them and that's what they're because oh you, yeah that's you won't need them anymore there's there's that they, they won't have to, to pay residuals to an ai there's yeah. that but there's also the writing. AI could write. So it, so South Park, I believe the last the last episode or something like that, something in that nature. I what I was told, 
Okay, so don't mark this down as law because it's not law. It's what I was told. So I can't prove it. Tina so, says. Fuck you, Paul. Tina All right. Says. <laughs> that AI so, was the last like, episode. And that's what did it. Like they were like, whoa. But here's the here's the thing. It's it's really okay. It's easy to put AI on the map, but it's also really hard because it goes against a lot of laws. Yeah. You literally I have to get everything. People this. realize that. See, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about AI because the thing is it I'll it throw is, water on it. It's <laughs> it can't make anything new. All it can do is take That's what's not been true. done. All it can do is take what's already been done and rearrange it and spit it back out because it is limited to how it is programmed. It's still programmed by a human being. It's not reached some conscious level where it's suddenly creating shit That's not true. that doesn't exist. That's the problem. That's not true. Okay? What is happening and what they're finding out is this fucking thing is learning. How? It's not so don't ask me. I didn't create it. <laughs> no, no. Ba- they're basic- finding out. No, they're finding out. And that's why a lot of the people that have even created this fucking thing to begin with. Why? I don't even know. All right. But they're finding out. And, th- and that's why you're getting all these things that are coming out saying like this shit is dangerous now because it's learning. I don't know how it learns. I didn't program it's, the fucking it's, thing. It's it's basic machine learning where you are writing a program and it has to stay within the it's like like a railroad track the car can only go on the railroad track it cannot all of a sudden suddenly sprout wings and fly someplace else it's limited by that so yeah i know we're we're off track we're off but what i i will say about this ai situation the whole thing is ai uh ai may somehow kind of figure out okay so so i write a story of south park right and i program it in and it takes everything from the internet that it knows about south park and and then makes a story out of it that's a little bit different of a story because i mean whatever but the problem is it's not going to have the heart or soul that a human writer is going to have so here's the problem with ai it might be fun in the beginning but after a while people are going to get bored you know they're going to see the same yeah Yeah. but here here's the problem this and this is what i'm trying to tell you guys the problem with it is and and according to a lot of a, a lot of people who have watched ai and how it works and shit like that and i mean like i'm not talking about friends or anything like that like people that work in the industry right the problem is that this fucking thing is actually becoming a life of its own. It's making uh, fucking decisions. I don't know if that's true. I don't think it's really... No, that's not not true. And that's the reason why the the people who have created it, all right, are telling everybody in the industry, this is not good. Stop. I, I, I have a friend who does AI for NASA. And I can tell you that's that's just not happening. There's a lot of rumors about that out there. Yeah. But yeah. No. It's yeah, we, you know it's okay. But let's just talk about something else, just because it's probably this is going to run into circles after a little bit. Just like, <laughs> um. But no. Uh. So yeah. So you gotta stop with the AI. Right the world, um. And uh. Sort of 
things are right now kind of stopped. Uh, but I want to bring it back to, I guess, amongst friends. And we're going yeah. to talk about, the, <laughs> about the talk about the characters. Yeah, let's talk about the cast and characters right now. So we have um, Andy, who was played by Steve. Oh my God, you're going to hate me because I'm going to butcher this name. Carla Vec- Vecchio, uh, who is also starring in Big City Blues, starring Burt Reynolds, uh, Mr. Id, which he was the lead and did a Humphrey Bogart impression, and an oh, wow. indie called Bandwagon. He's been in other films and TV, too. Um, he was a master chef and tragically died in 2014. And could not, oh, God. Could not find the cause, but I did find his uh, obituary, sadly. And they yeah. talked a lot about him. Um, Billy was played by Joseph Granda, who was also in A Walk in the Clouds, an episode of The Commish, and Public Enemies. That's the 19... 19- 96 what movie. What the hell is the commish? Uh, Sounds like a Jewish it was a cop show. Yeah, it was, it was a cop show. Oh. Go back in the day. <laughs> it's like it's a Jewish pastry. No. <laughs> the and, uh, oh, that's a commish. Yeah, that's commish. a commish. No, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, but I'm being like commish. That would be the, the parody of commish. I would watch a show about a Polish pastry. Thank you. Yes. No, I said Jewish pastry. Jewish. I was being funny. Jewish. And, uh, I, uh, in 2018, <laughs> he started producing films, including Road to Edmund, The Healing Garden, and Ride, Sally Ride. So those are his things. Uh, Trevor was played by Metro- Patrick McGaughan. Trevor was probably, the Patrick McGaughan was my favorite actor of the whole group. Uh, the guy who played Trevor. I uh, He was also in the Basketball Diaries. Interesting. Right. And that's uh, what I recognized him from. Scorpion Spring and Dream uh with the issue with the issues amongst others um then laura was played by uh mary Savino. we talked about her earlier but you may know from romy and michelle um and mighty aphrodite the woody allen film uh the replacement killers your favorite paul <laughs> and uh lots more uh the director rob weiss met her at the premiere of goodfellas and she uh instantly wanted to play laura at first, Rob had her as the third AD, AD, then she became the casting director, then assistant producer, and finally lead actress. I don't know what an assistant producer is. She's not a producer to the assistant, so I don't know. I've never really heard <laughs> that. It um, all depends. That could be a although, even thing. though she's, she's quote-unquote the lead actress, her, her screen time is not very long. Okay. It's Because it's mainly about the three guys. The guys, her, yeah, mostly. They're yeah, dealing with the other folks. And I thought at first she was just going to be sort of a throwaway, but she actually had a bigger part to it, which we'll get into. Um, Vic was played by Frank Mendrano. There was one of the, uh, uh, I think he was one of the, uh, was it the, I, I call them the uh, jumpsuit guys, the ones that you hate, Paul. The jumpsuit guys. Uh, who was, uh, he was also in Sleepers, Blue Streak, uh, Shawshank Redemption, and The, Unus- uh, the Usual Suspects. Um, Eddie was. Yeah, I love uh, that movie. <laughs> yeah, Eddie was played by Louis Lombardi, who's in Beverly Hills Cop Three, mm-hmm. uh, Natural Born Killers, Ed Wood, where he played the rental house manager. I'm uh, good fellas. And the Usual Suspects, uh, and The Sopranos. Sopranos. Nine episodes as uh, Skip Lapari. <laughs> Michael was played by Michael Latura. Um, that's the guy that was uh sort of like the bad 
the 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 henchman basically the, the ear like, cutter yeah yeah he looked a lot like michael madsen it was weird um he kind of gave me like a match that's like true michael that's madsen actually vibe. pretty fucking true he actually looked at michael francese to me i don't know if you know who that is uh, wow, a bunch of Michaels. He look, and his name is wow. Michael. Played Michael, and he looked like a bunch of Michaels. There All the go. Michaels look alike. <laughs> uh, was in Bongwater, uh, which we'll do on Indie Film Cafe at some point. So I fucking love that movie. Um, the Occultist, uh, Money Train, and App Pupil. Um, Rob had a uh, small uh, small part as Bobby. And I as originally said I didn't know who that was, but when I Rewatched it today. I saw who the character was, and we'll get to that. Uh, Rob Rob Weiss went off to produce Entourage, Ballers, and other projects that he's produced. There's well, like I said, there was there was a gap. There must have been at least ten years. So what? Hey, yeah, I think he was he was doing what he was doing, which like I said before, which was helping other people find money. So you know, he was probably Dan doing probably good. trying to make his pave his way. <laughs> uh, just, yeah, sure. he had to he had to make his dues. He had to start working you know he probably worked his way up like you know a lot of you never know he might have did a lot of behind the scenes stuff you know you know i mean it could be i i just know i looked on his internet the movie database profile and there there was just a big gap yeah it kind of sucks that That might that might have been the reason though i mean like when i when i i literally fell off the face of the map for a little while because i was working in the union so Mm -hmm. And I didn't you know, have time for anybody and, or anything, but I was making like big connections. And some, now here I am back. Sometimes it happens. Dude, the dude, I forget his name, the guy who made Boondock Saints. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He kind of fell off the map. Well, no, you uh, know why. Came... Did you ever see that documentary about him overnight? No, no. Uh, he had, so that director had a real big like anger issue thing problem would get into like fights with people and there's a whole (laughs) documentary called overnight it's a fan we gotta do box that rock i gotta see this i gotta check that out yeah Yeah, i know we're both like whoa (laughs) and uh in fact mark Wahlberg was one of the people cast uh in boondock saints because harvey weinstein bought it originally and wanted it and everything and they had mark Wahlberg set and everything and then uh, Troy Duffy uh, told uh, Harvey Weinstein to go fuck himself, and uh, in which he should have, you know, of all people, you know, but it, that did not help his career. And mm-hmm. he, had to, uh, he had to find like smaller investors and mm-hmm. and make it. And then <clears throat> his then that movie came out right after, uh, you know, Boondock Saints came out, and it really hurt him, you know. And he made part two, but he never continued after that um and so yeah, he just kind of vanished same thing with um the dude who made um uh straight out of brooklyn which was another movie that was going to be a big thing everybody expected that guy to be to go on and do huge things just boom nope. gone. just sometimes and sometimes like you know and and like i said uh rob weiss had deals with tristar and universal and all these picture right. deals but just sometimes i think I literally think, and this kind of sucks, is that uh, he was expecting Amongst Friends to blow up. And because it was that time where all of these gangster movies were coming out. They were very, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there were a lot of gangster 
Goodfellas really put a lot of like you know these oh, yeah. things. Reservoir Dogs was one of the only ones to really like hit it big. Um, there's another movie we're gonna do next uh, season with um, James L. Edwards called Laws of Gravity, and that was also um, you know was also a gangster picture that uh, the director of that luckily did go off to do other things, but not many people know of Laws of Gravity. Well, if if you manage to work your moody magic and get a hold of Rob Weiss and get him in our interview show, and I hope you do, I hope we can talk to him about this because there, I guarantee you, there is a story there, because mm -hmm. a lot of oh, these, yeah. a lot of these folks, they're lucky they get one chance, okay? And it's not like his movie made it as big as Straight Out of Brooklyn or or even. Um, you know, uh, Boondock Saints, which became a huge cult hit. This kind yeah, of yeah, that became big. Yeah, this never really did anything like that, and yet, and yet, he managed to come back. He and managed to come Bongo. back and do like fucking yeah, like you like what for HBO? <laughs> how like, the how hell the did fuck he pull did you do off? this? How <laughs> did he pull that off? Like I you went and did Entourage. Like yeah. you're not even like. It's not, you're not, you're out of this category now completely. Yeah. Right. So like, there is a what story the fuck? there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a no, big I'm story there. Something happened. To, I'm dying to hear that. I really am. Something happened. I'd like to hear that. Actually. I'm wondering if he's really done interviews or not. I don't know. Because I like, I saw that interview that I read and it was like right after the premiere of Amongst Friends. Right. So like, I think, but after that, I think he stopped. I think he just, I don't know. Maybe he just did not like, you know, like, you know, because he, you know, when, once you sort of see a movie that doesn't do very well, people sort of kind of, it's like putting lemon on a, you know. But how did you go from, all right. How did you go from doing a, I don't want to say a low budget film, but a low budget, low budget film in comparison, budget. right? Okay. Yeah. A low this budget is not a film. studio film. This is not made right. by, you know. Right. Definitely low budget. You went and you did the whole thing, a low budget film, and then disappear off the face of the earth. And then all of a sudden, you're the director of some Hollywood fucking TV series. He, he, he's the showrunner. He created it. No, he didn't create it. That's Doug, what Doug, I'm saying. Doug Ellen created it, but he Doug Ellen brought him on. But still. You know, oh, I see, and, and so he didn't actually, but even still, episode even of, still. Uh, he directed uh ballers, so um, but he did have a creative voice. Now, I'll, I'll talk about this real quick because uh, we're talking about Entourage. Um, interestingly enough, uh, there's a uh part where Johnny Drama in Entourage is in a TV show called Five Towns. Mm -hmm. right and in this movie they talk a lot about the five towns and all this stuff so there's also this i showed paul but there's a bit where uh johnny drama's walking across the uh you know walking down this thing and he's saying you know they're happening here happening there it's happening everywhere same right. line from amongst friends interestingly enough also said by rob weiss himself as bobby so his character and it wasn't even written. That episode was written by Brian Burns, Edward Burns's brother. So it wasn't even okay. written by him. But I'm pretty sure. 
I think he was an executive producer at that time or producer and he could kind of tweak, you know, scripts. And, and I think Five Towns was a TV series sort of based on Amongst Friends. And a lot of people oh, also said right. um, Queens Boulevard, uh, the movie that, um, uh, what is it, uh, that Vince, Vincent Chase does is basically Amongst Friends as well. Where, because that movie sort of did okay, you know, did it well enough. The director sort of ended up going into porn, you know? So I'm wondering if maybe, I don't think Rob Weiss did, but, you know. That would explain an awful, awful lot. Like, where's that 10 years? Oh, my God. (laughs) No, under under a pseudonym where he can do what he needs to do and make some bank because you can make a lot of money off of that. I mean, there's, there's talk of, like, the character, Billy, that's the director, was sort of based around Rob, you know, because Rob has this very kind of like, fuck you attitude because he's from New York. So he's like, fuck yeah. you suit, you know, kind of thing, which is what, you know, that's what um was, was uh, um, you know, Billy would always say. So it does seem like, you know, like that there's a lot of that. Also, funny thing enough, uh, there was this in Spike Mike Slackers and Dykes, there's a, a bit with Kevin Smith talking about his, Feelings on uh, on right uh, Rob Weiss. There were some issues between yeah. you and stuff. Uh, and, uh, I'll, I'll I'll say it because you know um, why not? But like the idea was that he was going out with Shannon Doherty, and there was uh, during the set of Mallrats, and uh, she oh. kind of you know saying stuff over the phone and kind of making you know Shannon sort of frustrated on set and everything. Kind of didn't make yeah. it. That was the other thing I read about that those two did not like each other at all. No. And still don't and, and they still don't, and to the point where in uh what is it? they make two references to Kevin Smith. One reference is in the episode called Sundance Kids, where uh there's a Harvey Weinstein type guy, Harvey something or other or whatever, and uh he was like Ari says, you know, Jim Jeremy Piven's character says you know, oh, if uh, if it weren't for me, that guy would be uh, repping Kevin Smith movies all day, you know, right? So, wow. and then there was another, um, uh, there was another jab, a really bad jab at Kevin where they go, um, so who's, you know, um, well, at least James Cameron wouldn't want to make Aquaman 2. And he goes, Michael Bay's directing Aquaman 2. And they go, well, at least Andrew Kevin Walker is doing the script. He goes, Kevin Smith. He goes fuck that, you know, right? <laughs> so there's just wow. This, so people go up to Kevin Smith and he talked about this in uh interview, like re, you know things, and you know uh people come up to him and be like, "Are you really directing Aqua or, or writing Aquaman too?" And he'd be like, "There was no Aquaman one at the time." Like, hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not writing that. Wow, like, I don't think it was real. You know, because I'm sorry, Rob Weiss, but if you're asking me to line up, I'm going to be lining up on Kevin Smith's side. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> well, we we said, um, you know, and and look, there's that there's that little bit of whatever. But even Kevin Smith has said that he reread what he said in Spike Mike Slackers and Dykes, and it was pretty brutal against you know Rob. It was kind of mean spirited, and so right. he can sort of understand why somebody would sort of have a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Shannon Doherty probably has some information about it too. Unfortunately, we yeah, there was some bad news with her, and uh, 
I think she's okay though, but I think there was some issues with her. I think she's yeah. she's been having cancer issues for a while. You know, Ooh. I was actually yeah, give door. me two minutes. Give me two minutes. I gotta do something really quick. Yeah, okay, I'll talk. Coming talk right to back. Keep talking about okay. your okay. Kevin Weiss, and then we'll come back to the movie. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I actually I don't know if you know this, Paul, but when I was on um, a lifetime a list of a lifetime, which was the Lifetime movie that I. You know, one of the one of the ones I did, um, I did without Jackie. Um, uh, I was in a scene with her, with Shannon oh, Dort, wow. and I didn't even know it. Wow! I because because there were so many people around, and we were supposed to be in this big scene and everything, mm. and watch the movie, and I go, oh shit! Walk right past Shannon Doherty. It didn't even, you know. Plus, I, I'm not gonna go. Oh my god, I loved you in Mallrats. You know, like I'm not gonna be some like big fanboy if i saw her like that yeah you know? yeah I, I would rather her really know me from like eventually hopefully directing her and something you know if, if if that ever got the chance instead of me being like oh man i loved you mall rats and and beverly hills 90210 hmm. but because of that you know um it, it was cool that i got to got to see her you know got to be in a scene with her but um hmm. uh, not the you know, it, it was. So, what is Rob Weiss doing now? Because Entourage is done, isn't it? And Ballers is done. And, yeah. So, what has he been doing? Has he been doing? Let me see if he's been up to anything that uh, actually, you know, pops up. Because the thing is, even though I watched pretty much all of Entourage, it started off okay, and then just the longer it went, the less I liked it because I just couldn't stand the characters after a while. And that's kind of how I was with this movie. Um, I just didn't like the characters. I thought they all pretty much sucked, except for the two that I liked the best. The one gets killed, Trevor. Trevor's the one guy I liked, and then Mira Servino's character. And I just was like, man, why couldn't the movie focused more on those two right. rather than, you know what I mean? Because yeah. Andy just, to me, Sorry, didn't I had to much. accept the package. Andy <laughs> bring anything to the table as far as i was concerned and i just didn't get billy's character at all i just i just didn't understand how he got all this power and all this stuff for being such a dumbass but yeah. i liked trevor he brought a lot of heart as a character he should have been I the main wanted, focus you know yeah i wanted to see him and and mira servino's character you know something happened with them but you know and it's tragic that he he dies and everything but Spoiler alert! Jesus. No. Then it. Oh, we always. <laughs> guys, don't watch spoiler. this movie. <laughs> then the problem is, is that we're we're left with those two guys, right? And then the two idiots, and then I'm like, Ugh, I don't have anyone to really latch on to. Yeah, to root for. Um, I agree. I I think Andy. I didn't even know Andy was the one talking for a long time. I thought it was Billy. You well, know, I couldn't tell at first because he the first opening 10 minutes where he's blabbing nonstop. And I'm like, that might be a New York thing, but I don't understand a goddamn thing. He's I saying. know for, for a bit. I didn't understand. It's still not till I watched it a second time. And also the end of the movie, I started realizing, oh, shit. So I guess Andy's been talking about this the whole time and everything. But uh, because unless. Billy's talking about it from the dead, you know, um, and it's just weird. It's like all of a sudden he and Trevor's character kind of mix a little bit because he was kind of like the like the little guy who's who's Billy's gopher and he hates that and he wants to sort of break off on his own and he wants to establish his own thing. 
But then you see him, he's like, all of a sudden he's riding motorcycles and smoking cigarettes and putting on sunglasses like Trevor. And I'm like, wait a second, are you trying to turn into Trevor now? Where did these things come from? It was, re- yeah. it was weird. I, it got a little weird. I think he started to, like his character was supposed to become what he wanted to be, what he sort of wanted to be, you know, or whatever. And by the end of it, but there is no, the problem is, there's the three characters and they do spend a lot of time on Trevor. And as much as you like that, because you like Trevor, it takes away from getting to really understand Andy, who is the main character. He should be the one getting the most screen time and he should be likable. I especially want to know why the hell he spends even five seconds around Billy. Billy had absolutely zero going for him. So why are you even spending 10 seconds with this guy? Why are you taking shit off of this guy? Friends. I don't know. Why? Why are they friends? A lot of these characters were actually based on people that Rob Weiss knew. Word for word, some of the things people actually said were things people have said in their real life. However, some of the things that like their character themselves were fictional, right? So that you know, there were they weren't really doing these criminal acts. They just were douchebags or whatever, you know. Yeah, <laughs> definitely douchebags. So what I'm saying, they would they got mad, you know, at him, and he had to hide when they were premiering it at his like hometown because he knew that the people that actually saw them would be like, hey. You made me out to turn out like an even bigger jackass, you know, or whatever. And, and here's here's another question sure. I have. The guy that comes with Trevor from California on the bike. Yeah, I forgot his name. Friend, friend. Whose name is apparently Friend. I thought it was Fred, but I guess it's Friend. I looked I looked on the, the thing on Internet Movie data, Database. It actually says Friend. And he and I noticed a couple of times he called him Friend. And I was like, wait a second. That must be his, his name. Isn't that kind of odd? Yeah, I thought I thought like he called him Fred at first, but I guess friend. Yeah, uh, interesting. I don't know. Um, uh, but what about him? I just was wondering about the name. I just you know, just I think I think literally Rob probably put that in there as like friend, you know, and then was planning to change it to you know some other name and like just, an actual name. Just didn't just fucking it. do it. This is friend here. Unnamed cop. My name is unnamed cop. Yeah, my name is unnamed cop. <laughs> there, there, by the way, that was a great scene. I love that scene with Trevor and the the cops or whatever, and they're like, "Are you a cop?" You know, the cops. Ask yeah, he's him. like, "Yeah, you want to see my badge?" <laughs> it was one of the best uh, best parts. Uh, but unfortunately, that you know, he, he that he got in trouble and all of that of was course. supposed to be Andy. You know. <laughs> Well, and here's another thing that interested me because I wasn't sure and I didn't pick this up later on, but this could have been very, very interesting. Did for that whole thing where he, you know, Billy is supposed to go do this thing and instead he pawns it off to to, um, Andy and Andy, for whatever reason, I forget exactly why, but he pawns it off to Billy and or not to Billy, to Trevor. And then Trevor goes and he gets in trouble and goes to jail because uh, Mira Servino's character ends up with Billy. Right. Was that a setup? Did Billy know that was going to go down the whole time? And he oh. was setting up. He was, oh, yeah. Good he was, question. Yeah. Well, that, you never got anywhere with Laura. 
Yeah, I know. well, that's just it. I, yeah. Like, I he put him up, and then and then the he whole tried. time he's dying. But, yeah. like, well, just Laura because said, you have a setup doesn't mean it's going to fucking go your way. Right. You right. Know? Because kind of, she had no interest in him, I guess. That would be a great question to ask Rob if, like, when he was writing it, was, you know, did that mm-hmm. happen? And I bet he would give you a great answer. That would be, that would explain why when he comes, when Trevor comes back initially with his friend, friend, and they're in the, they're in the the cafe or something, Billy doesn't seem particularly happy to see him. No. He's like, he's like, so when are you leaving? (laughs) I I felt like the whole time he was doing that because he was, scared because he he fucked his life up you know or whatever at first that's what i thought but then yeah there there was a little bit of like wait now he's kind of dating laura or whatever he's like seeing laura or- right and we don't find that out until a little bit later on so yeah. that's why at the time and i was like this guy's supposed to be his friend and that's what that whole right. the whole friendship thing i was i wasn't quite clear of because yeah. nobody seemed friendly to each other at all <laughs> and then at the end we find out that they're really not like he didn't you know, it, it's it's called amongst friends, but there really isn't like the only friendship, I guess, is Andy and, um, you know, Trevor, you know, completely. Because no, it's kind of like how friends break apart. Right. I mean, I do like that towards the end where he says, you know, you want to come work for us. You're amongst friends when really he's not. You're not amongst friends. You're no, amongst you're not amongst fucking- friends. You're amongst fucking wolves. And right. he, like, that's he, like, like a, that's a that? cliche like, like, for friends. Right. I don't, right, I don't right. trust you guys kind of thing at that end. Too. And you shouldn't. Yeah. And so I like, I don't know. I enjoy this movie a lot. I mean, it's one of my, it, it's, it's a movie I could watch more than, you know, you know, more than once. I try to watch it again. I'll probably watch it, you know, another year, you know, like it, it's some. I would hope it would get on blu-ray at some point you know like maybe kino or somebody can release a, a good with a like i told you i didn't hate it i'm like i i, I actually enjoyed it i know you didn't paul there was i wish it had been a little bit better i i wish a little bit more time had been spent on the story and on the on the the characters well, look, you know, like when when Andy shows just shows up in Billy's apartment with a gun at the end. I'm like, dude, this guy is supposed to be some kind of hardcore gangster. And he just lets this guy wander on into his room and just lets him get killed. I mean, really? Was he on a boat then? Was he on the boat at that time when he oh, kind of came shit. up with the gun and everything? Um, no, no, he was in he was in the apartment. He was in Billy's apartment. He he went to the boat to talk to those two idiots because they have a boat somehow. Right. <laughs> yeah, those two guys, I love them. They're my favorite characters. They have this. Listen, like, there are a lot of idiots in New York that have money. Yeah. Right? Yeah, this is not a this, or, this is not far from the truth. Or they know people who have money. Or well, and that's people. just it. It's no, like, it's their parents have money, right? Exactly. But these guys, they're taking money from everybody else. And I'm like, why are you why would you give these sketchy motherfuckers one dime? Why would you anybody give them money? Oh man, know. there's so many fucking reasons. Uh, <laughs> the, um, uh, the the scene I really liked was like they were like, you know, you you asked us to to help you out, you know, you you say whatever you you <laughs> want, want to hook you connected. up. You're hooked. Yeah, you're hooked. That was my favorite bit in the whole movie. You're hooked. 
And uh, I thought that was great. You know, those guys oh, look like they had a lot of now, fun. If if there had been more of an interest in the film to be more comedic, right? I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more, especially with these guys, because then you're taking it in another direction where you're making it a little bit more ridiculous. And let's face it, while there were a whole bunch of street wannabe gangster movies around that time, none of them really were ever a comedy at that point. So that right. would have been a very interesting direction if he had gone in that direction. And then, you know, he can write comedy, Garage, which has a lot of comedy in it. So he's, you yeah. know, good at that. So it would have been interesting. It's just, I think he wouldn't have gotten to Sundance. That's the thing. He would have, you know, it would have just. Because you know. he definitely shows some comedy as far as Entourage goes. I never yeah. saw Ballers. But, you know. I so love Ballers. I thought it was hilarious. I, I probably Ballers is supposed to be really fucking funny. Is it? Some of that. I've seen it. Some of that would have worked really well, I think, in, in this. But Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, it, it is more dramatic, more crime drama, you know, kind of thing. And I mean, it's got that uh it's got that big scene where they where they go into the break, they go into the uh guys, was it um it was a casino or something, but like was it a casino? It wasn't a casino. Whatever it was to go rob them, you know. It's like a almost like a underground bodega or something where yeah. they're yeah, yeah. And so they go in there and they, they rob the people or whatever. And they have like 12 people doing it. I'm like, what? Why are there so many people there? I don't know, but that was crazy. And then there were people I didn't like, there was just too many characters at that point that I didn't know. Like, who are these guys? Why are they like, right. and who was the guy who got shot and was in the trunk where the guy's like, Oh, look at this guy. Oh, look what's going to happen to you. Your buddy, you know, uh, sang as soon as he got it, sang. What guy? Who the hell is this guy? Who is the dead unnamed guy? Apparently, he's one of the the robbers, but I don't know which one that was. Yeah, because they all had their masks on, so you didn't know like who each person really was. Who was yeah, probably they didn't have that actor that day. <laughs> I mean, because see, that's the thing. That's the difference between like Reservoir Dogs and this movie is that Reservoir Dogs does take time to get you to introduce you to all these characters and stuff. But the Reservoir Pink Dogs is fucking amazing. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I right. named my cat after Mr. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a dick, too. Nice. <laughs> uh, I don't tip it? because society says I have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my cat. My cat's Steve a fucking Buscemi. Hey, Steve Buscemi was dick. just becoming a big thing in the early 90s. I wish he had been in this movie. If he had been in this oh, movie, my God. but I, I think it would have been a I don't know where who you who he could have played unless he played one of Andy. the uh, he was too old to play Andy, I think. You know, they really needed somebody in their younger twenties. He's at least in his uh old, you know, like I guess mid to late twenties at that time. Um, but yeah, he he you know he is always a great actor, like you know, we can always Steve uh, Buscemi, he's way too funny. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make yeah. Even if he doesn't want to be funny, he's fucking funny. Like yeah. if you ever seen, or um, imagine, imagine if he had gone in the in the in the way of say Abel Ferreira and he had managed to cast Christopher Walken as the the Jewish gangster. That would have been great. Oh my god. Well, that would have cost way more than nine hundred thousand dollars. You know, probably. But, yep. but you never know. You know, Christopher sure, Walken yeah. might have said, "Oh, sure, kid, I'll do it for your movie." Yeah, I don't know. At that time, 
I don't know. Like, yeah, at that time he was the king of New York. King you know? of New York. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know about that. He might have been like, no, I want more. Yeah, <laughs> Not for a nine hundred thousand dollar movie. You know, put that budget up. I'll uh, I'll I'll meet. I'll be in the sequel. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, all right. I think we're about at that time. But like, I think we pretty much covered. Oh, there is one last thing before we do that. I did want to talk about. What this. is it, Jonathan? <laughs> fucking phenomenal and uh, you know weirdly enough couple beastie boy songs but yeah good sound uh, oh my god i love i it. imagine I, that's where lie. probably the money went because <laughs> yeah. yeah they he got a lot of big name at the time big name big Especially audio dynamite the party when they go in the, the yeah. party scene yeah yeah that um, yeah, beastie boys beastie all boys all red hot chili peppers red hot chili peppers yep <laughs> Yeah, I was like, wait, they got quite a soundtrack. I'm like, what? Yeah, to me, that was like him trying to say, okay, Kevin Smith, you got black and black and black for your movie. Now I'm gonna one up you. Yeah, they 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 definitely did that. I don't know who did that. Um, uh, they got David Bowie. Um, you know, Audio Dynamite, as you said. Um, Yeah, they got fucking everybody on that. uh, one. Nick Jones did the the actual score. For the film. Yeah, Mick Mick Jones is the guy from Big Audio Dynamite. He used to be in the Clash. Yeah. yeah. So they they had some, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. They had some Drama uh, Rama. Drama Rama. Um, yep. You know, they had some MC Light and Tone Lock. Were like. Oh yeah. Tone Lock. Yeah. That was Lock. That was Lock. Lock. Tone Lock. Get it right, Jonathan. A little before his time. I know. But he was was still doing the the backstreet boys back then. Yeah, he was (laughs) (laughs) shut up, Paul. You're not supposed to let us let everybody know our ages. Jesus. Jesus. Do you want to put a gray wig on? Do you want me to put a gray wig on? <laughs> no, because we don't we don't need that, Tina. Um it doesn't right. matter. Tina will still be gorgeous in a gray wig. She could be bald and painted purple and she'll still be gorgeous. Yeah, that's true. Woo-hoo! <laughs> I'm gonna do right. that when I'm so, yeah. so we talked about the music, we talked about pretty much everything. Yeah. Music the music was good. I I was very surprised at the at the the quality of the, and quantity of big names that came across a very small film at that time because you know how it is there are people that when they especially when yeah. you're little guys and you want to make your movie and you you're dying to do it to this particular music and you can't because you can't afford to get the rights right exactly so i imagine most of that budget that's where it went you know mm-hmm. probably oh, sure that's a very big budget at least to to my standards, I can do stuff on a stupid budget, like ten thousand, and I can do some fucking miracles. I'm like, wow, you're talking about nine hundred, like, and I'm like, oh, okay, I see where it went. <laughs> I know, I know, for a thousand bucks, you could probably get at least a dozen stuffed uh, raccoons. Definitely, <laughs> um, <laughs> more than that. In the trivia, it says Rob Weiss wrote the script in desperation after first dropping out of design school, um, then getting kicked out of film school and failing to make it as a, light, a Long Island nightclub promoter. 
There yeah. you go. Well, I'll tell you what he did. He did a wise choice in that at least he's he's centering the movie a in a modern age locally. So it's not going to cost you a whole lot. You don't have to build sets. You just have right, to get permission right. to go it's to some of these good places. Fellas where they're doing it in the, you know. Right. And it's not like you have right. to go and rent, you know, helicopters or cop cars or all this other and doing his dumb stuff. shit. Yeah. I'm sure they all wore their own clothes, you know. So he he did that part on the cheap. And you have to be a good producer in order to line all that stuff up because people generally don't just let you film in their property normally. Oh. So Nope. Especially in a place like New York, where it's just not cheap to shoot anything. You know? So, uh, upcoming films for him. You wanted to know that. What is he up to now? Yeah, what's he up to? Not in development. He's got a. He's producing a movie called Pimp: The Story of My Life. I don't know whose life that is, because oh shit, <laughs> might uh, be his. You don't know. Miss Claudia, uh, the Italian Job, which I guess is getting a new remake. Um, and uh churchill's ministry of the ungentlemanly warfare um that's what he's producing writing uh he's a co-writer of hell's angels which i know is something he's been developing since before you know since the after amongst friends and then a movie called bait and switch and then the italian job he's writing in of uh, the churchill's one so he's yeah. you know he's a busy guy still you know um Sadly, they hey, can't do anything right now if he's in the union. Good for him. Good for him. I mean, like, yeah, I know the union writer—they're on strike. I mean, I'm I'm suffering indie, from that. I have to indie, go on fucking unemployment because of this shit. Indie folks oh are still, still out there making stuff, though. Yep. No. All right, so we're gonna go into our uh, fun little stinkometer right now, and Paul right. tell us all about the stinkometer. So that's where we take our score from our three viewers, and it's one to ten, where the lower the score, the better the film is. If you think it's a really good movie, you might give it a one or a two. If you thought it was kind of in between, you might give it a five or five and a half, something like that. And if you think it's a big, fat, steaming pile of raccoon poo, you might go for a nine or <laughs> two. Are you still <laughs> raccoon poo? Even even though we do love our stinky movies here at Indie Film Cafe, usually the highest score means that the movie had a lot of problems. You couldn't see it. You couldn't hear it. You had no idea what was going on. Acting was terrible. Special effects were terrible. That kind of a thing. So then we take our three scores, we total it up, and then we see where on the ladder of stink the movie happens to go. And if it's if it hits the golden 30, then it shoots all the way up to stinky heaven. I don't think that's going to happen at all with this film. No, no. Um, so Tino, what you want to go first? Three. You know, interestingly enough, that's what I was going to go with. Three. So three, three, and what do you say, Paul? I'm going to go with a five and a half. I had a feeling you were going to go with five at least, you know, or whatever, because because generally speaking, when it push you back, he's like, I think you're going to go with a five. Well, no, because like, well, goes with like uh, kind of meh movies and to me i feel like that's kind of what paul thinks of this movies it's it's a little meh to him you yeah know? you know it's it's it had some good moments it had some good stuff it had some stuff that just didn't sit with me too well but nothing, nothing like the kind of stuff that we see on a regular basis i mean you know no crackoon i i i give it's definitely I give, not crackoon right i i give this guy credit for a first time movie to be as good as that i mean i i hope 
someday if I make a movie, it's as good as that with, especially for the budget, you know? Mm -hmm. So I can't give it, even if I didn't particularly like the subject matter or the characters or the story, um, I can't give it a worse score because it was competently made and, you know, hell, beginning, middle and end and all the production values were good and a great soundtrack, you know? You like Mayor Sorvino. Oh, Mira Sorvino. Yeah. Yes, see? Yeah, she, she she probably got a couple points just for, you know, or whatever, a couple points deducted, you know, or whatever. Because, yeah. So I you know, I, I get it, you know. Um when I watched it, I sort of had a feeling Paul wouldn't love it, you know. Uh, but I, I didn't think I mean I you know, I actually I'm surprised because I thought you would not like it more, you know, than you did. So me. I, no, no, uh, Paul, Paul. Oh, uh, Paul. Yeah, no, I, I, I wasn't sure. Um, we showed her a few, you know, New York movies, and I, you know, I was like, I don't know if you would like it because, you know, some of the characters kind of were very well, baggy. While I do love my silly, ridiculous, over-the-top, stinky movies, I do like regular indie movies too. It's just, it's yeah. more fun <laughs> to talk about. It's more fun to talk about evil pancakes that are taking over the world and ridiculous monsters. And oh, that's my next movie, Evil Pancakes Take Over the World. Please. Paul will Dude, be in that. thank you. Paul, Paul will help you with that if you want. You know? Hey, I've been trying to get an, an animator to make my short film. I'm going to make it really a cross between this movie and Evil Pancakes. It'll be a blockbuster. Tina, Tina. <laughs> I've been I've been trying to find an animator to do a short film for me. I'm I've written called uh, Vampire Mashed Potatoes, and it's about an evil pot of mashed potatoes with vampire wings that flies around and attacks people. Oh my god, this is gonna be really funny. Yes, it's so much fun, and nobody's done that, and that's what I love. I love that about independent movies is that they take chances and do weird shit and do fun stuff. You know, and that just doesn't happen anymore. And even Rob Weiss, I mean, at the time, this was his way of breaking into the scene and he got to do something that nobody or that the, the Hollywood scene wasn't really doing. You know, it may not have been my cup of tea exactly, but hey, I give the man credit for at least doing that. I'd love to get my own shot doing it. Where just, are your evil mashed potatoes, Rob Weiss? Like, <laughs> I, I like, vampire, I like that it vampire. Was Jewish, it was like the Jewish God, uh, Goodfellas. Because oh, I'm it sorry. wasn't the Where Italian. Are your evil matzo balls <laughs> yeah. evil latkes yeah um uh but yeah i mean I, I don't know i thought it was uh uh i i think it's amazing that people are able to go and take a nine hundred thousand dollar film and get into sundance i mean that's not always the, the, the thing but i think that was the thing that rob weiss was really good at once again is just getting himself out there meeting people Doing, I, I guarantee you, is at every fucking Hollywood party, just schmoozing with people, you know, getting people to like, you know, believe in him, you know, as a producer, yeah. and that's that's what he does. He sells, and he's really good at that. And he directed a movie. It might not have been the greatest movie of all time. I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot, but like, it may not have been the greatest movie of all time, kind of thing. And it didn't do as well as it should have done. And I think once again, I think it's because of the boom of indie um, mob Ooh. movies. Yeah, there was this huge boom of indie mob movies coming out at that time. It just kind of flooded the market, especially and mob wannabes. It. Yeah, and kind of became this sort of, you know, um, kind of lost, you know, kind of thing. 
but I'm just very happy that it's out there that Tubi has it, you know, that people can watch it. Um, hopefully by the time this comes out, Tubi will still have it, but you never know, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tubi gets rid of all. There were no mangy raccoons. There were no uh, cardboard painted sets like in uh, Nick Zed. There's no cows. There's no cows. I know. Sadly, there's no cows in this. But I mean, are there going to be any cows in, in in the five towns? I don't know. Like, well, I don't know. I think you can make a crazy cow movie. I'm thinking think about it. <laughs> you gonna help up. me, Paul? <laughs> you, bet. you bet. All right. I, I, you, I'll tell you maybe, what. Maybe, maybe how this works is we do. All right, so there's a crazy cow movie that we need milk for the mashed potatoes, right? There you go. There goes yeah. your bat movie. I, I have, I have a full cow suit, a fuzzy cow suit. I'm ready, willing, and able to show up in whatever production you're making, and I will make a complete ass of myself for your movie. Ready, willing, and able. I think I'm going to make some crazy comedy about the idea of the bat the bat fucking mashed potatoes it has to come from somewhere it has to come from cow disease <laughs> maybe some human thinks he's a cow bad cow disease i'm telling you bro i my mind is nuts it's it's a <laughs> it's a cow pyre come to drink the milk of the living no we're just right, going to take we one of your mad cows <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I do want to thank you, Tina. Um, absolutely. This is your last episode of the season, but we're going to have you back. You know, yeah, I hope so. Cause uh, yeah, because I'm going to make like, the mad cow fucking, you know, uh, what is it? Vampire potato mash. But you know, Vampire mash episode, the next episode's got to be a Paul movie because we keep switching off. So I know that's so why I'm saying whatever. No, a uh, next. Uh, no, fuck that. The next one has to be me. I'm oh, going to give right. you that's guys right. a fucking movie to watch. Fuck okay. that shit. All right? All right. You, you gotta get you ready win. for fucking Asian entertainment. Okay. We're, we're well, I'm going to find the too. craziest shit. I got Have you guys seen too. Tag? What is it? Have you guys seen Tag? Uh-uh. That sounds uh, good. Moody, you haven't seen Tag? No. I've That's heard... my movie for the next time we come on. Okay. Sounds good. Tag. We'll wait till you're on. And it's the Asian the movie. It's an Asian movie. All right. Don't get it mixed up with the American one because it's an oh, American. Oh, yeah. There, there's not an American one, but like that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. No, no, no. It's got the two Asian girls on it with, with the little fucking fruity skirts. All right. Is yeah. This one of those, Watch uh... that. Is that is this going to be one of those two girls one cup kind of things? No. Okay, good. But I implore you, watch it. I uh, promise you, you, Paul, you are not going to be disappointed. You might turn around and ask me what the fuck is wrong in my head, Jonathan. You may love it. I think you're going to love it. Okay, but you may see the same fucking thing all right <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's I'm my wait. that's the next movie you guys have to do tag all right. you, sorry you, you come on down to virginia and we will all watch it together oh oh my god i can't wait oh, i will i want to see your faces while you're watching it i i will, <laughs> even, I will even make i'll even make dinner for all of us oh you know what i think the best part would be like 
we can watch it and broadcast it at the same time. I'm up Because I really want to see your fucking faces. I'm up like, for it. I got yelled at for this movie. Well, there you go. Um, I mean, Moody got through the John Waters movie. Yep. <laughs> it's not a John Waters. This shit is fucking crazy. It's great. Listen to me. <laughs> you think you're watching something for the first five minutes, and then it's a roller coaster ride. And I can't even I can't even get into how fucked up this movie is. Sounds great. It sounds up uh, Paul's scary dark alley. Uh all right. Well, oh, you like it too, Moody. Okay. Well, we will uh definitely have you back for that. But thank you, Tina. And everybody check out Tina Krause's stuff. Uh, check her out on IMDb and uh, everywhere else. Do you have a website, Tina? Uh, you could just write, not right now, but you could do my IMDb or you could go on my um, Instagram, SpaceMonkey7777. SpaceMonkey? Yes. yes, SpaceMonkey. Yes, exactly. In space. Put a helmet on him. <laughs> we have a space monkey at the studio. The studio. No. Oh, NASA that's monkey. me. NASA it monkey. was meant to be. That's, our, <laughs> that's NASA monkey. Yeah. All right. You can do my Facebook page. Um, I got two Facebook pages now because I got my new my new movie is coming out. Um, um, so Facebook, you know, Tina Krause. I think it's uh 1420. You know, they always give you the fucking number behind it. And the other one is Tina Krause Bug House. Nice. We'll go check that out. And we can't wait to see everything you're doing. But uh, we're going to have to head off. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.